Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the beautiful climbs of Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, uh, we have an interview. Uh, yes, that indeed. We're with, uh, with Lawrence Krauss. If you haven't heard of him, you will. Yeah. Well, you just did. Well, indeed. <laughs> now you have heard of him. You can't you claim you haven't him anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean, a lot of you have heard of him. I'm sure. So. I, yeah. I was vague on who he was, but <laughs> now I know. Yeah. He's a, a rising figure in our atheist yeah. ranks. Yeah. I mean, he has, he's been a big figure for a while, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, anyway. now that I know about him and looked him up, he's... <laughs> We're not... You and I are not always the most plugged-in guys. We're not. It's kind of... Ah. Well, we, we, re- I mean, we rely on a lot of help from from people <laughs> telling us what's what. <laughs> Including a heads-up from my mom Yeah. on this one. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Thanks, Maura. <laughs> it was awesome. No, well, you know, it helps to have, to have eyes and ears in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. As well as as well as here. Absolutely. Anywho, well, we have some fun stuff coming up. Uh, in addition to that, um, we've got the our trip. Hey guys, this is a real world coming up. Thing. We're 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 doing a thing. Yeah, we're going out there. <laughs> we're taking one we're for the come team. Meet you guys, or we're gonna, some of you. Yeah, those of you who are in the, who are in the south. Yeah. You, you better get your asses out and meet us. It's gonna be fun. It'll be fun. Um, and uh, just some some updates. Uh, we have an updated trip itinerary yeah. on our website. Yeah, uh, this one's this one's God locked and loaded. Com. Um, and also you can find that on uh, facebook.com slash TGI atheist. Right. Um, but just quickly, we should probably just rattle off where we're going to be. Okay. Just, just in case. I mean, it might rattle pique some away. people's attention. Um, Monday, May 13th. That's coming up, folks. That's just right around the bend. Yeah, that's um, this, yeah. Some gonna, of you will be listening to this after this date. Yeah, we're going to uh, um, be in the Texas Panhandle. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to be in Amarillo and Groom, Texas. We'll probably spend the night in Groom. Uh, in the which, in the one motel that they have there, you may want to look someplace else. We might, we might, we'll see. <laughs> uh, the next day, um, Tuesday, May fourteenth, we're gonna have lunch in Wichita Falls. We already have somebody lined up um, to, yeah, to come. Chad's gonna Chad's be, gonna be there with us. Be there, but anybody else who wants to have lunch with us in Wichita Falls, go ahead. Yeah, let, let us, us know. know. Um, and then Wednesday, May fifteenth, we're going to. Um, Oh, we'll so, be spending the night on Tuesday in Dallas. That's right. We'll be doing a, a thing. We'll be eating dinner with somebody yeah. in Dallas. Well, and w- what's important there is that we're also going to be going to um, a museum oh, yeah. uh, that afternoon around 4 o'clock. Yeah. So if you wanted to join us, it's the, uh, what is it, the the history of the earth? Yeah. What What is it called? Something like that. It's, it, Museum of, of, of Earth History, Dallas, the, the, is the, the name of the museum. The, we're pretending like we know what history looks like. But it's Bible. <laughs> so we're going to go check that out. So, yeah, you guys, um, if you're in the Dallas area, come come out with us for that. And then maybe some dinner and drinks after. The following day, uh, Wednesday, May 15th, we're going to get up and uh, um, we're going to have lunch in Waco. Yeah. On our way to Houston. And then we're going to stay the night in Houston. Uh, Thursday, May 16th. This is our big uh, party day in, uh, in, in Houston. Houston. Uh, we're going to have a meetup uh, that's been organized by the Houston Atheists. It's great. And uh, that's going to be at the Fox and Hound Pub. So grateful for them. Over on Westheimer Road, for those of you who know what that means. Awesome. 
Um, that was Vic that set that up for yeah, us. Thank you, Vic. Um, Friday, May 17th, we're going to drive to Shreveport. Um, and we, we're just going to be looking around. We don't have anything. That's no, sort of no, a TBA, nothing, sort no, of what we're nothing doing. Nothing planned yet. So, so I mean, you if know. If you're in the Shreveport area, let us know. Let us know. And we'll come do something with we'll you. We'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, Saturday, May 18th, we're going to head to Jackson, Mississippi. I'm going to Jackson. <laughs> That's gonna... all I'm going to be able to think about the entire time we're going. We're going to wake up in Jackson on Sunday, um, and we're going to find church. We're going to find a church. If you are anywhere near that area and you know of a good church that we need to go to mm-hmm. Monday or Sunday morning uh-huh. in Jackson, Mississippi, please let us know. And that's uh, So we'll finally get another church review out Yeah. Uh, with that one. Um, and then we're going to head on to Montgomery, Alabama that same day. And uh, stay the night. Then we're going to get up and we have quite the day. Yes. We're going to go to the Ave Maria Grotto. Hooray. And we're going to go to the, um, what was it? The National, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the Lost the, Bucket. Lo- lo- yeah, like lost. the abandoned luggage. The the Lost Luggage pl- <laughs> thing from, in Alabama. From, from, from <laughs> like it's, it's a TSA thing or something, right? Yeah, I don't oh know. My it's, God. Just where, it's just where luggage goes to die and we're going to go check <laughs> it out. I'm assuming it's just a thrift store, but nonetheless, probably a pretty cool thrift store. <laughs> We're gonna look, we're we are gonna rifle through your stuff. <laughs> is what's gonna happen. <laughs> oh. But we're gonna end up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, stay the night there. We're hopefully gonna have someone local to teach us finally how to pronounce that damn yeah, place. We're we're just taking a stab at it right now. Uh, and then we're gonna head on to Memphis. Uh, we're gonna try to get there before Graceland closes for the day. Yeah, uh, we'd love to go check out Graceland. It's, it's a pilgrimage, folks. It is. It's important. It's religious. You know? It's to- it's going to be a religious experience. It's going to be my third time uh-huh. in Graceland. Yeah. I've been to Graceland twice in my life. That is a, that's not normal. Uh, and you're not even an Elvis fan. I'm not an Elvis fan, but, but boy, you're, you're a kitsch fan. I do like that. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, May 22nd, we're going to... Uh, Drive by Little Rock somewhere around lunchtime. And so, so if anybody wants to join yeah, us in Little you, Rock. If you're a Little Rockian and you eat lunch, let us know. What <laughs> <laughs> will be on our way yeah. to Hot Springs, Arkansas. And apparently there's a bunch of weird shit there. Yeah. And we'll stay the night there. Then uh, Thursday, May 23rd, we're going to get up, drive uh, to Muskogee County, Oklahoma, which is where my family's from. Do a little family stuff there on Thursday and Friday. I have a niece and nephew graduating from high school. And uh, then Saturday morning, we're going to get up uh, May 25th, and we're going to drive to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, to check out the Passion Play. And honestly, if you live anywhere even remotely near Eureka Springs, please come. You need to come please out. Please We're going to be going to this Passion Play, and I think we need to go en masse. I yeah. think it would be so great. This is, this is going to be strength in numbers, people. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Uh, who is it? The Atheists of... There, there's a... Atheists of... There's like a group that's not far Fayetteville? from there. Atheists yes. of Fayetteville? I'm looking at you, Atheists of Fayetteville. <laughs> get get over to Eureka Springs with us. Come on. We'll all have a, a beer together. It'll be great. And yeah, and especially like all of you godless um you know, Walmart employees. Yeah. Should... <laughs> yes. We we know you've got to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, if Anyways. I if I worked for Walmart, I'd probably that if I was a believer. I'm pretty sure that would be confirmation that there was no God. 
Anyway. All right, and then we're going to push on uh, from there the following day. On Sunday, we're going to drive up to Bonner Springs, uh, Kansas, and uh, there's a, a big um, non-believers, uh, free thinkers, I think yeah. is what, what it is, party. We may have to go to church in Eureka Springs Sunday morning. We might. That might I'm be sure great. there's something there. I'm yeah. sure there is. There's got to be something there's there. There's a giant Jesus. There's going to be something there. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, we're going to do a quick stop uh, in Topeka, sort of on our way back on, home on, on May, Monday. On May 27th. On May 27th. So that's going to be uh, Memorial Day. Okay, um, so here's the deal. That's all that. I, we, I don't want to focus, spend too much time on it because those right. of you who aren't in those areas will get bored. But right. uh, if you're in those areas, definitely let us know. We definitely want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not in those areas but you want to support Mm-hmm. us on this trip absolutely there's some new buttons on thank god i'm atheist.com yep. some new links mm-hmm. um if you look on the if you go to thank god i'm atheist.com and you scroll down just a little bit on the right hand side there's there's buttons that say buy us a drink buy us a meal tank of gas or night at a hotel yeah and uh you know if you're a regular donor you can still do this as well but not we're not pressuring hey, regular nobody's donors. under any un, under any <laughs> obligation on this but you know to, if you want to help us pay for this thing yeah uh, but if you it would be great if yeah. you if you just jump on there and and uh yeah. if you've been wondering how you could help us how you could support the podcast this is a great way these are just set one-time donations absolutely we, yep. we've set the price yep you just click and and you will have helped us in our merry journeys. Yes. And we will thank you in advance. Indeed. And <laughs> and we, we you will have you will have earned your views of all of the videos mm-hmm. and everything that we're making. Yeah, of course. And this is of course something that you could, yeah. So anyways. There you go. All righty. Right. On to our stories. On to what's going on in the world. <laughs> uh, what do you have, Dan? Well, our our top story today. It's not really a top story. Um Arkansas, Dateline. Do you wanna do you wanna play some audio for us? Oh yeah, I was I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to let the actual news banjo music what start do you want me this to... just because the lady that they interview <laughs> just delights me. All right, here we go. We serve a God, and we should have the right to serve that God anywhere. The debate over prayer at school graduation hits a fever pitch again. This time in the Riverside School District, the school board voted last night not to have sixth grade graduation after a parent protested having prayer at the ceremony. Veronica Smith joins us now with details of what happened at last night's school board meeting. She's here live. Veronica. Craig and Diana, I spoke with parent Kelly Adams who said prayer has never been an issue in this town before and that's why a lot of parents are upset with last night's decision. As Christians, a mainly Christian town I think, um, you know, there was a lot of people that were just hurt that our rights were taken away. Kelly Adams is the parent of a sixth grader at Riverside and said as long as she can remember, there has been prayer during the sixth grade graduation. My daughter graduated last year from sixth grade. My son is graduating this year from sixth grade. And we had a pastor uh, open our ceremony. Um, and then my daughter actually closed the ceremony last year in prayer. The school district decided to cancel the graduation ceremony this year after one parent came out and protested against prayer. A lot of people were upset. A lot of the moms were really upset. I was very upset. And so we just went uh, to just take a stand for God. We felt like our right was taken away. 
Adams said the school received a letter from the American Civil Liberties Union regarding the possibility of prayer at graduation. I realize they have rights too, but you can't take rights from one group and give them to another. You know, we're Christians and we have the right to pray wherever we want. So, yeah, what we got here is uh, rights being taken away from Christians to uh, pray you know, in it's, school. It's terrifying when the rights of any, any of us are taken away, we all lose out. It's so true. <laughs> I, I, think, I think her understanding Except. of the United States com- Constitution might be lacking yeah. slightly. Yeah, yeah. She might not quite understand that, actually, no, since the beginning, you haven't had the right to pray. <laughs> They have prayed for a long, 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 long time. Right. But it's not really, that's not how it works. Right. Yeah. I do love, I do love that, uh, that the school district's whole uh, approach to oh, someone complaining move. is. What a dick move. We're can- fine. We're canceling it. How yeah. do you like that? Is that we, what you want? We refuse to have a godless graduation. <laughs> Fine, we refuse. No. These sixth graders need some prayer. <laughs> Did you have a graduation have from sixth ever... grade? No. I, we didn't have graduation from sixth grade. It just ended. We had kindergarten graduation, though. <laughs> Did you have kindergarten graduation? No. We got all, like, they had little special, like, little hats for us, and we all walked around. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was awesome. <sighs> Felt so special. Did you? There was eighth grade graduation. Did you do Did, that? Was there a prayer? I don't. I don't remember. No, I didn't. Probably do it. at my high school graduation, there was. Really? Yeah. In in Oklahoma. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, there were prayers at football games. Still, public prayers. Yeah. And there, like, like there had just been a major like Supreme Court case, if I remember right. right. And the 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 <clears throat> officials at the school were like, "Well, we won't ask someone to pray. We'll but- ask someone <clears throat> to ask someone to pray." So it was like some local minister or whatever. Hey, that's a good, was the one who that's like a good sneaky way it. out. Yeah, what the, what they needed to do was just be like, we don't we don't do school prayer, but what we do is we have we give the microphone to one person right before each game, and they can say whatever they got to say. Yeah, I think that, yeah, <laughs> it was basically along those lines of like, yeah, yeah, we oh, didn't tell them to pray. We didn't tell them not to pray. Yeah, we just gave him the microphone, and he, you know, the guy happened to have a priest collar on, but you know, whatever. <laughs> he could have said anything. We just give him the mic. That's all we do. He's in charge of the mic for that three minutes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna be driving through this area, this Arkansas. Yeah. We're not gonna be in that town, but no, it is. It is a tragedy when when the Christians aren't allowed to pray. It's so sad. It it really. I mean, how, nothing sadder than a Christian who's not allowed to pray. How can they have a meeting without a prayer? It's almost like, I mean, if if it would be okay if they could all just sort of individually pray beforehand or afterward. But on, you mean on their own? On their own, but how would they do that? Or maybe as their family? How is that even possible? In small groups? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems like it would be a reasonable thing to do. But I mean, you can't have a meeting without Jesus. No. Seems oh. impossible. No, surely not. Surely not. We should be opening each of our podcasts with a prayer. No. No, no I don't think surely so. Surely not. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, go do All right. Well, I'm going to stay uh, sort of uh, in the region of our, 
of our road trip. Okay. Um, the, you know, we, we talked about this a few podcasts ago. Um, the cheerleaders in Texas oh. with the, the 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 lawsuit about that they would hold up these banners right with Bible verse, verses on yeah, them. Yeah, with right? Jesus all over them. Yeah, um, and then they won a, a court case, didn't they? They well, they just won a court case. Oh, I thought they had won before. No. This isn't an this appeal? This is a, a judge on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Um, ruled that the Bible banners, is what they're mm. calling them, waved by cheerleaders during football games um, in the small in the small little school district in, where is it? I don't remember. Oh, the, the, the town is Kunzi. How, how do you spell uh, that? <laughs> I'm being generous with this pronunciation. Uh, K-O-U-N-T-Z-E. Kunzi. County, Texas. It's probably County, Texas. Yeah. Anyways, um, all right. So, judge, <laughs> district, state district judge Stephen Thomas um, said that no law prohibits the cheerleaders from using religious themed banners at school sporting events. Really? Well, yeah. I, but I'm sure that law doesn't I, exist. I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that there's a whole constitution. That's a. Here's the thing. You have to actually draw the line between like these are you have to ask the question, are these girls I assume they're all girls in Texas, cheerleaders? There could be some male cheerleaders. Okay. Sure. Well, are these cheerleaders a representative of the school exactly. or are they their yeah, own that's little where club? I was go. Yep. So are they private citizens or are they representatives of the school? Are they engaging right. in a school act related activity? Right. Which hello, yeah, they are. Yeah. Right. Like this is the the cheerleading squad, I'm sure, is an official um, after school activity, right? Of the of school, the, of the school. I mean, they're wearing the school's colors. They're wearing the school's emblem, probably or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure that they're that they're that their cheerleading coach is probably like one of the teachers. Right. Right. Or in Texas, it occurs to me that it's possible that they could even just be the cheerleading coach. That could be their whole job. <laughs> it's, you know? In Texas, yeah. it's totally possible. Who knows? But nonetheless... Um, Football, football's very important there. We're going to yeah. be near there. They're, they're just outside of Houston. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go there. No, we're not. Um, but Annie Laurie Gaylor, who's co-president of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, who was the... You know the other people in the, the litigants, the, the litigants in the thing. Sure, um, they. Um, she said the cheerleaders represent the school. This is exactly the okay, question yeah. we were just asking. There you go. Uh, when they misuse their public podium to tell a captive audience that some of you have the right to religion and the rest of you need to convert, that is not only bad law, that's bad manners. <laughs> I like that, um, but the judge. Um, has ruled that the messages on the banners have not created and will not create an establishment of religion oh. in the Kuntzi. In the Kuntzi. Kuntzi community. There are a bunch of Kuntzis out there. Yeah. Um, Governor Rick Perry said, uh, today's ruling is a win for free speech and religious freedom. The Kuntzi High school cheerleaders uh, showed great resolve and maturity beyond their years in standing up for their beliefs and constitutional rights. And Jesus. And Jesus. They were standing up for Jesus. By the way, right in that area, we're going to be driving right through a town called uh, Nagadoches. Yeah. But which is only a few miles away from another town called Natchadoches. Oh, I bet that gets Natcha confusing. Natchadoches. The... 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Need to get on the Nagadoches, Nacogdoches road. <laughs> right. I'm going to take the 515 train from Nagadoches to Natchitoches. <laughs> what did you just say? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, go Team Jesus is my response to. Oh. Uh, see, I was cheerleading. For, I, I for, saw what you did. Yeah. Raw, raw, raw. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to leave uh, that area of the country, what? the area that we're going to actually be going to, and I'm going to go to New York City. <sighs> Crazy New York City, <laughs> where Cardinal Dolan, his, his eminence, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, I didn't know that that's how he did it. Really? Yeah, yeah. On his, on his own website, it says, it says, his eminence, Timothy Cardinal Dolan, like Cardinal has become his, la- his middle name. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, huh. he uh, he recently wrote a a blog post. He blogs as uh, as as good the, bishops do. They're all doing it these yeah. days. Oh, they're 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 all blogging. They are wired in. <laughs> they are they are tweeting. Oh sure, Facebooking. Oh yeah, yeah. Pontiff <laughs> at you know at Pontiff or whatever at, at Pontificate or something like that. Isn't that isn't that the Pope's handle? Uh, yeah, probably Twitter handle. Anyway, uh, Cardinal Dolan wrote a blog post called all are welcome really doesn't that sound nice are they though no what okay <laughs> turns out not oh uh, he, start, so, he so, starts the blog post with a with a whole uh an anecdote about his friend his buddy freddy when he was growing up when he was seven or eight his mm-hmm. buddy freddy from across the street and he were playing outside and freddy and and he asked his mother if Freddie could come and join them for dinner. Oh, no. And his mother said, yes, of course. You know, as long as it was okay with Freddie's folks. Yeah, that's a uh, common response. And, uh, and, and then dad said, dad, Cardinal Dolan, said, uh, uh, Freddie, glad you're here, but looks like you and Tim better go wash your hands before you eat. Okay. This is the metaphor. Oh. All are welcome, but you better wash your hands. Oh, it's kind of the thing. So he's what? he's saying welcome doesn't mean you're welcome unconditionally. It means you're welcome, but we have rules in this house. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so so obviously, and then he goes on and he talks about like you know the church loves, welcomes, and respects the alcoholic, but would not condone his binge. The church loves, welcomes, and respects prominent business leaders, but would not condone his or her failure to pay a just wage to a migrant worker. <laughs> really? I guess. Um, the church loves and welcomes and respects a young couple in love, but would challenge their decision to live together before marriage. Do you see where I'm going? Oh. Do you see where we're headed? Uh, oh. We're going to get to the gays. Uh, every. It's gays are the new Rome. All roads lead to us. Yes, it's so true because because and it's clear that he had he had to like search around for some of these examples before he got to the gays. Yeah, well, because some of them are kind of forced. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, truly, how forced is that? Like alcoholic thing. Come on, half of his priests are alcoholics. (laughs) For crying out loud. Anyway, yeah, and then he gets to the the queers and he says he says the church loves, welcomes and respects a woman or man with a same sex attraction. Oh. While reminding him or her of our clear teaching that while the condition of homosexuality is no sin at all, still 
God's teaching is clear that the sexual a- that sexual acts are reserved for a man and woman united in lifelong, life-giving, faithful, loving bond of marriage. Is God's teaching clear? No. God, but Cardinal Dolan's teaching is very clear. <laughs> anyway, so 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 the step two of the phase two of this story is that a bunch of people, and by a bunch, I mean like what was it, eight? 12 something mm. like that not a big yeah. group a crowd <laughs> a crowd of people a crowd of people decided to protest this little uh this this little blog post oh. by uh they wanted to go to church at at St. Patrick's in uh in in Manhattan mm. and uh and they they dirtied their hands to go clever right yeah they're just saying you know, apparently they, they used... should have gone drunk <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they should have gone as alcoholics then they would have gotten in no problem. <laughs> they let they let the church know that they were doing this minor little protest. Okay. They were going to be quiet. They were, you know, they weren't raising a ruckus. Oh, no. They were denied entry. <gasps> they were, oh no. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, the church does not welcome dirty hands. Dirty hands. Well, they could have put out a basin, nice little basin, some water, <laughs> just been like, "You're welcome, but you have to wash your hands." <laughs> Yeah, I think that's not the point. That I, I, I think that this particular protest would have ref- kindly refused the offer of washing. And then hands. they could have been like, "Well, you got dirty hands. We can't let you in." Well, that's kind of what they did. Yeah, they didn't offer the wash basin, but yeah, yeah they uh, mm. they should have carried out the metaphor. I mean, they they clearly understood the the metaphor. Well, I mean. The church clearly understood what the protest was, yeah. and they were saying, mm, yeah. no, yeah, no, we reject you, mm. gays. Ew. We reject you, gays. Dirty-handed gays. You dirty-handed gays. Who knows where those hands have been? I know exactly where they've been, and I don't want to, <laughs> and I can't. It disgusts me. Stroking the hair of another man. <laughs> That's vile. Winding lovingly through his chest hair. <laughs> Never. Uh, Not in my church. Oh, there you go. No dirty hands there. Okay. Keep your hands clean. Okay, well, I've got... Um, let's see, what have I got? Um, let's look at... Well, we've been talking about the gays. Might as well go to... Uh, a uh, talk about Methodism. Ooh, me- me- the Methodists. They they have a method. They do for how they deal with gays. And the United Methodists are uh, they? They still don't like the gays. Okay, they don't. Good. Um, Good. Then all is right in the world. Yeah, it's important. Uh, however, the Reverend Doctor Thomas W. Ogletree, oh, of the United Methodist Church, yeah, uh, who teaches at Yale. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, he's all liberal then. Mm, somebody, mm, somebody got to him. Some liberal got to him. Um, his son, who is gay. Oh, it was who his son. also asked him to officiate his, his marriage, wedding. his wedding. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Did he do it? And he did. <gasps> and now dun, dun. he's in hot water. <laughs> um, Doctor Ogletree, who is seventy-nine years old. Wow. Is now facing like like church action or oh, a church court, oh. right? Um, because fellow 
um, member of the clergy. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Page. Mr. What was it? Reverend Randall C. Page. No. Past- what? What? No doctor. Nope. <laughs> uh, um, he's pastor of Christ Church in Port Jefferson Station, New York. Okay. Um, he's 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 quoted as saying, "This ceremony is a chargeable offense." Oh dear. And uh, so, anyways, um, they've met and trying to work out the dispute without a church trial. Um, but uh, Ogletree uh, says, "I, I, I, basically, I think he's talking. He's." He says, this is an unjust law. Mm. Dr. King broke the law. Jesus of Nazareth broke the law. He drove the money changers out of the temple. So you mean you should never break any law, no matter how unjust it is? Wow. Yeah. This is how change begins. This is. They're in trouble. And this is is a high-profile, very sort of respected member of their clergy. Yeah, and he's 108 years old, so that's... (laughs) Awesome. He's old. He has two two homosexual children out of five. Wow, mm-hmm. that's good odds. A lesbian and a gay, and <laughs> the uh, only gay in the village. <laughs> yeah, not even the only gay in the family. That's awesome. Yeah, he um, and so, anyways, they they did the they did the whole ceremony at the uh, Yale Club in New York, and uh, he incorporated readings from Scripture and the Massachusetts court decision legalizing same sex marriage. Oh, great! And of course. It doing the right thing lands him in hot water. Yeah, well, that'll happen. But how nice is that? I think it's a delightful. Methodist minister. I think it's delightful. Support doing what a father would do in yeah. that position. He marries his son. Yeah, what a good father would do. Yeah, and and he is a reverend holy father who would do that. And he's that kind of father too. He's all the kinds of father. He's f- a little fathered out. He's he's he's, he's, little... he's topped up on father. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I thought that was just some some good news. That is some good in news. The, the gay re- gay and religious news. One hates to one up you, but I'm gonna. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna. Okay. Um, this one kind of blew my mind. As a matter of fact. Okie doke. You know, uh, you are aware, of course, of the group now called the Community of Christ. Sure. Which is formerly the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right. These were the people who did not travel west with Brigham Young. Right. These are the Mormons who stayed in Missouri and uh, followed the lineage of Joseph Smith. Which, it could be argued, is more legitimate. Oh, yeah. In oh, the they, Mormon tradition. They, they had a far better claim than, than mainstream Mormonism. <laughs> right. So mainstream Mormonism split off. Okay. So the, just a brief background. Joseph Smith at one point did say that the next prophet and president of the church would be his son. Right. Then he died. And most of the people claimed that it just went to Brigham it, it just they just well, followed Brigham, Brigham Young, Young claimed that it went to Brigham Young Brigham Young made a claim and then a bunch <laughs> of people claimed that they saw a a vision those visions came there are those the the accounts the reports of the visions came much later came much later <laughs> okay but there but nonetheless, was there are reports of a vision of of his face children in the LDS church still learn yes. that Brigham Young's face turned into Joseph Smith's face <laughs> 
while he was speaking to the to the crowd of Mormons while he was claiming the leadership of the of the church. Right, right, yeah. Anywho, so this reorganized LDS church, much smaller group, mm-hmm. stuck around in yeah. Missouri. Yeah, didn't go to Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and uh, and didn't get all crazy about the word of wisdom. No, 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 no. Because that was Brigham Young's. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, just, well, no, that came even after Brigham Young. Well, where the Mormons got really crazy, right? About the word the of locking it down came in the nineteen thirties or something, twenties, thirties, yeah, something like that. There. Anyway, so the church the, now they're calling so this reorganized LDS church called themselves the Community of Christ. There's about two hundred and fifty thousand members. They claim worldwide, probably mm-hmm. a little inflated, but you know, as you do, two hundred fifty thousand, not that much. I'm going to give it to them. We'll just yeah. we'll just say it's around there. They seem like an honest bunch. Indeed. Well, they, they apparently have their uh, national conference. Uh, and then oh, yeah. and the, the way that their ses- setup works is that there are delegates. So the communities, uh, each oh. of the sort of... Kind of democratic somehow. A little bit. Oh, interesting. And as a democratic, uh, as a somewhat democratic association, they, uh, they had a vote. Hmm. And they voted that to recommend to the leadership of the church... All the delegates voted to recommend to the leadership of the... Well, not all of them, but I'm saying like the vote came through that they should recommend allowing for the ordination of gay people and marriages or covenant commitment services for gay couples. Good on them. Ba-bam! A branch of Mormonism. You're with... People, you hearing me on this one? (laughs) Mormons. Like, the the actual... Loving on the queers. Rightful... The rightful owners of the name Mormon. Right. Of, like, who like, have since been forced to abandon it. Right. Because they lost. Did they? Well, they clearly. Oh, they lost. Right. In sort of the court of In public the, opinion. Right. 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 Um, but anyways. Yeah. So uh, so there That's you craziness. go. They, yeah. are, they yeah. are on board. Yeah. With it. So wherever it's legal, they are. The, now, now the, 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 uh, the church leadership still has to approve it. Oh. But uh, I'll... All indicators point to they just will, right? And uh, and then they'll, they're they're down with marriage, and they're down with uh, the ordination of gay. That's uh, amazing. Gay people into the priesthood. That's amazing, huh? These who knew these cats in Independence, Missouri? Yeah, are doing something good. Yeah. Well, the church would have turned out wildly different had it not moved west. It would have turned out wildly different, and had it not been had had the second guy leader of the Mormon Church not been. Such a hard on. Douchey McBaggerson? Yeah. Honestly. Yep. So there you go. Because Joe yep. Smith himself was just kind of a wacky nut. Yeah. I liked that guy. He's mildly harmless. When he yeah. wasn't I mean, like... He, I mean, he, when he wasn't marrying... Breaking up... Marrying 15-year-olds and whatever. Yeah, and, and <laughs> destroying printing presses of rival yeah. newspapers. And yeah. I mean, he whatnot. was still a... He was still a nut. But he was he, a character. But, but I mean, he was like... But he was kind of that fun western sort of old tiny crazy yeah it was kind of like him yeah there was like this whole thing like ordain a black man i don't know sure well, let's just do that you got the priesthood now have fun with that i don't know everybody's mad but i don't care yeah 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 women all right yeah you can have a priesthood too yeah that's the, fine the historically accurate joseph smith is far more interesting <laughs> than, than the, the whitewashed oh, mormon yeah. one. Oh yeah. yeah the mormon one yeah, and I mean, we're talking about the Joseph Smith who was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't drink alcohol or use tobacco or whatever, and then, like, was drinking a glass of wine the Woo-hoo! night before he died. Woo-hoo! Like, come on. 
partying it up. Well, yeah, he was making like rules. He was like, yeah, this is probably a good idea. Isn't I that, don't listen to it, but it's a good idea. Isn't that why he fell out the window when he, <laughs> he was, was being assassinated? He was drunk. He's he like, hey, look at all those guys with guns. Woohoo! <laughs> Boom. Uh, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, it's just awful. That's interesting, though. You know, my uh, my sister in law is RLDS. He's well, community of Christ. RLDS. Oh yeah. wow! There uh-huh. you go. Yeah, she she might like you then. Yeah, her parents um, have since left. Oh. They don't agree with all this, all this, this gay stuff. All the... oh, it was long before then. Right, right. They're they're sort of they hold a little bit more strongly to the Book of Mormon and mm. and the teachings of Joseph Smith and the modern mm. um, RLDS or Community of Christ tends to. <laughs> They're they're a nutty bunch. Yeah, I don't know what to think about yeah, them. I know. I kind of want to meet some. Well, we could, but we're not. We're not going. We're up not really there. going up. That's there. a little too far I north know. for us. It's out of the way. Yeah. Next time. Yeah, we got lots of other trips to take. Yeah, we do. Depend- right. Depending on how this one goes. Yeah, if this one's a colossal failure, this <laughs> we'll folks, reconsider. It might be the end of everything for us. Anyways, all right. Um, so you've heard of Sylvia Brown, right? I- only recently have I heard of yeah, Sylvia Brown. I sort of was in the same boat. <laughs> Sylvia Brown, celebrity psychic, right? Dun, dun, dun. S- psychic to the stars. Yeah. Right. Um, well, actually, I don't know if she was a psychic to the stars, but she was definitely a celebrity psychic. Yeah. And she um, she's, was famous um, for be, getting involved in like um, ongoing investigations, like kidnapping, missing persons oh, investigations, yeah. right? Where... Most likely the person was kidnapped or met some sort of unfortunate end, but the body mm. had not turned up or the person had not been returned. People would seek out the psychic talents mm. of one Sylvia Brown. She was actually a regular on the Montel Williams show. Oh, yes. Well, um, I mean, and what fine programming that is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, well, anyways, she sort of resurfaced um, in the news because she... Back in, what was it, like 1999? No, no, no. Before, when would it have been? It would have been 10 years ago. Uh-huh. When um, the, who is it, Amanda Berry, mm. right, went missing. Right. Um, Sylvia Brown was, uh, and Amanda Berry was one of the, the three women in Ohio who right. just recently escaped from her captor. Right. Um, and um, anyways, big story. Obviously, it's been huge in the news and everything well sylvia brown uh made a prediction uh about 10 years ago that uh, amanda berry was dead oh and of course of course she knew using her psychic powers she knew she knows what's going on yeah um you know what that means what what does it mean this lady's not amanda berry the lady that was just rescued is a fraud (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) anyways brown um, told the mother of Amanda Berry on the Montel Williams show. Yeah. So there's a Lexus Nexus transcript She's of the speaking thing. Speaking directly to the mother. Speaking to the mother. She says, She's not alive, honey. Your daughter's not the kind who wouldn't call. That's what she said. <laughs> um, Berry, uh, of course, was found alive on Monday. Oh, good uh, lord. <laughs> so, but anyways. I mean, you know what? I this, this is not, I do not think like anything serves right the mother of 
of someone who who has you know who has had their daughter go missing. Right. But please, people, can we stop believing in psychics? A psychic. Now? Yeah. There, it's not a harmless thing. Clearly, this is a harmful thing. Well, let's get to how it's harmful. Um, I so I pulled up an, an article. Um, the, it's it's sort of a, a look into a study into the um, 115 cases that Sylvia Brown gave her opinion on. Oh, right. Yeah. And these were all all of these had transcripts on LexisNexis because she was on television, right? And the LexisNexis has this great catalog of transcripts oh, of television shows. There you go. Okay. And so um so you're able to just go search. Sure. So these researchers were like, "Well, let's find out." Let's they check found 115 it out. cases. And of those 115, how many um do you think she got right? And by the way, she has she self-reports that she has an 85% accuracy. Okay. And these are these are cases that she that that, that they're able to determine what the what the end result is. Yes. Okay. 115 cases where we know the status of whether the person was found, whether the person turned up, okay. whether it was a body, whether it was a kidnapping, whatever. We know we know what they were. Some of them are still not found. Right. Right. Well, of course, she wouldn't lie. So I'm going to say it's in the neighborhood of that 85% or whatever. I'm going to say 2%. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that's as close as she comes. Okay. She was correct zero times. <laughs> <laughs> and she was patently wrong 25 times uh, meaning she said something so far from I, I, how do you differentiate that okay so 90 out of the 115 cases have um unknown outcomes is what the article says oh well then how can we verify that she was wrong because okay let's let's keep going um <laughs> frank just give me his let me finish look <laughs> Uh, okay, so, all right, I guess, all right. In 21, um, the details were too vague to be verified. Okay. Of the remaining 14, okay, so, let me, let me, previous, okay. Um, so, this is looking at 35 cases. Of the remaining 14, law enforcement officials or family members involved in the investigation say that Brown had played no useful role. Okay. Okay, so yeah. she hadn't led them in the right direction. Sure. Right? So she says the body is over there. <laughs> right. The body wasn't there. Right. So she's wrong. Yes. Well, or she, the outcome of the case is unknown. I think that's how they're defining that. Okay. Whereas where she's wrong is when she said the person's dead and the person shows up and is alive. Right. Or the person, I, I know this person's alive and like she has specific details. Like she has a whole story, a whole narrative. Right. Right. And then it turns out that like nothing about that. I mean, it's almost 180 difference. Okay, so let's let's look at one of these. Uh, in 1999, Brown did an, a reading for Opal Joe Jennings' grandmother. Opal Joe Jennings was a six year old who was abduct, ab, abducted okay. from her front yard in Texas. Oh my! Um, Brown told the grandmother, "She's not dead." But what bothers me now, I've never heard of this before. But for some reason, she was taken and put into some kind of slavery thing and taken into Japan. The place is Kakuro or Kakura. Okay. I love that, you're act that you acted that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes but, sense. A, a Texan going to slavery in Japan. Okay. Right. Sold, sold into slavery so in Japan. That's what she told the grandmother. <laughs> okay. Which, which is clearly what happened. However, um, Richard Lee Franks was charged with the kidnapping oh. and the, you know, the whole whatever else that would go along with that, that very same year, oh. in 1999, and he was convicted the following year. Jennings' remains were discovered in 2003. Oh, dear. And well, they fit the story that of the court were, case. Were they at least discovered in Japan? No. Oh! No, no, no. Dang it! How am um, I supposed to in believe fact, in this woman? In fact, medical examiners concluded the opal was killed by trauma to the head within several hours of her abduction. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know how they figure that Strangely, out. Strangely, it does seem like the conclusion is that this is not a very good psychic. No. No. <laughs> Although I'm, I do have to say that, like, just... I think we have to rule out all of these we-don't-know cases. Unless she made a specific, like, she's in the basement at the Alamo type of a prediction, and they can go and verify, oh, she's not in the basement at the Alamo, because there's no basement in the Alamo. You know, you're, right. you're with me on that? Yeah, I'm doing a sure. pee-wee, a pee-wee uh, Yeah, thing. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Anyway, unless, she, unless there's something that's verifiable, I don't think we can call her wrong. I, I object to that. Mm. But I think we can call her a fraud. Without any problems. So there's a difference between... Because what they're saying is that there were these 25 that were wrong. Right. And they know... So so while they don't know the outcome of those other ones, they know that the information that she gave them was in was not helpful. Right. And right? that's what I'm saying. Like, if she, so, if she so said specifically, if she, you know, the... The body is in X place, and they right. search X place thoroughly, and the body's not there. Then I think we can c- call her wrong. But if she just said the body's somewhere in you know Western Tennessee, okay, well, let's look at a, f- a few of these where she was wrong. Okay, okay, so we can get a sense of like what they're doing, right, and how they're saying she's wrong. Okay, okay? Erica Baker uh, is one of the people that she was wrong about. Um, on Montel's show back in 2003, Brown told Erica's mother, she's not dead, but in Michigan. Furthermore, Brown claimed someone sold her for drugs, and there was a black woman who helped throw her into an old truck. In 2005, Christian John Gabriel was convicted of moving and concealing Erica's body in Kettering, Ohio. Oh, okay. Her body was not found, but Gabriel claimed to have buried it after hitting her with his van. Okay. Okay. So uh, what they have is they have two stories that are that, that she's wrong okay. by their definition because they have an actual story. They have a conviction. They have a it went that through the legal process. Wrong. That is con- yeah. right. Yeah. Whereas it. the other ones are still open cases. They don't. They're not resolved. All they know is that her information didn't lead them to the right. Body. That's what I'm saying. I have no. And so she's she is wrong in those as well. In those well, we but she's just not. Fully 100% verifiably wrong. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying we can't count those ones against her in the way that we can count the ones where we know she was wrong. Well, That's if she I'm says saying. body is over there and body's not there. Right. That's what I'm saying. And I think that those are still in the in the other category. Oh, okay. Well, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, there are ways to get a hold of us, people. Yeah. If you want to, you can. Uh, if you have anything to say about any of these stories, you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can follow us on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash TGI Atheist yeah. is where you'll find us. Yeah, come and uh, join that conversation. Or you can you can even leave a voicemail for us at 424-666-TGIA, which is 424-666-8442. Yes. Um, also, something cool that's new um, is um, we just started up a magazine. Ooh, we've got a magazine. Oh, on Flipboard, which doesn't isn't nearly as exciting as a magazine might be but anyways if you use flipboard look for us it's just the thank god i'm atheist uh magazine it's a, and it's, it's we'll a, be aggregating interesting stories sure with just regards to topics that we would be collecting stuff interested up. in yeah, yeah. Throw, so, so religious-y non-religious-y flipboard kind of for those of, stuff, for those of you like me who had never heard of flipboard uh <laughs> it's it's an app yeah, that you can get for your iPad or your iPhone or your or your your tablet yeah. that is not an i tablet, but that is a an Android. Mm-hmm. That's true. Thing. Um, yeah, it's 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 just an app. It's a really cool app. I've been using it well for quite a while actually mm. now, um, and I quite enjoy it. And so when I saw that they were letting users generate their own magazines, oh no like, no, you have to be really special to get a magazine on there. <laughs> don't don't think that just anybody can uh, do this. <laughs> No, anybody can. And if you'd oh. like to start your own, go ahead. You, you could do that. Go ahead. Yeah. But if you want to just read ours, that's fine too. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh Well, we have a let's take a quick break. Yeah. And we're going to listen to Chuck Norris. He's oh, going to He's got a message for all of he's us. He's got a message, an important message. Hello, I'm Chuck Norris, and this is my wife Gina. We're here to talk to you about the National Council on Bible Curriculum in Public Schools. Chuck and I believe it's very important to have a Bible curriculum in every public school in America. Our forefathers founded this country on biblical principles, and they never intended the Bible to be removed from our schools. Here in America, religion forms the foundation of our way of life, and the Bible is part of that religious foundation. In fact, the Bible is currently being taught as history and literature in various school districts in 33 states, with the Bible as the textbook. You may ask, is this legal? And the answer is yes. The Supreme Court has ruled that it is. I should also mention that 92% of the school boards approached with this idea have voted it in. We can change the course of our country, and God knows we need it. If you would like to help, here's how. Call 1-888-BIBLE-NOW. Thank you. Very important. Please call that number. Please call that number. Yeah. We need more Bibles in schools. <laughs> there's anything that America's schools need now. It's it's Biblication. We, I mean, certainly. Edu-Bible. Let's not worry about, you know, good quality, what, what is it, the STEM, oh, the, yeah, the science yeah. technology. Yeah, yeah. If we want to be ahead in the world. Yeah. On the world stage. Yeah. And stay number one. Right. You know, economically powerful and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Nothing's more important than Jesus. Right. In that. Because, I mean, you know what? People say that, it, you know, you're not going to learn any engineering. How about arc building? Oh, absolutely. What about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tower building mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, multi multilingualosity in the bow, tower babble. Absolutely. Babel. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And you, you learn a things. lot. You can learn a lot. You learn a lot. You learn you learn why rainbows exist. Mm-hmm. The the dis- you can learn uh, how to how to carry out a good genocide. Mm, if you need to. important. If you need that in this day and age, let's face it, folks. Uh, There's a lot of Mexicans coming into this country. 
Dan. <laughs> did you? I was going to take it in a slightly different direction. But... I, I'm sticking with Chuck Norris. I'm guessing he hates Mexicans. Oh, you don't know that. I know that. I know that I've seen him fight a bunch of Asians. Really? Yeah. Oh, on his movies. I don't. I've. I have. I have to admit. But he got his ass kicked by Bruce Lee. Yeah. As well, he should. Yeah. yeah. I have to admit, I've never seen any of his television shows or movies. We have a friend who was on one episode of Walker Texas Ranger. No, I know. We need know. to see that. I've seen the clip. Have you? Yeah, I have. Oh, I got to see it. Yeah. Anyway, Walker Texas dickhead. Yeah. Is all I have to say. Bible thumping <laughs> Jack. Whatever. <laughs> okay. <sighs> weird, weird, weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, from from education that's not education, let's move on to education that is education. Oh, okay. We uh we we Dr. Lawrence Krauss is a emails. Oh, we gotta do emails. God damn it. <laughs> Frank looks at me like I'm an asshole. It's just if, if it, I didn't look at you like you're an asshole I the know first you, time you did that. Yeah. Right. I do this sometimes. You do it every week. I, you do it every week. We have emails from people. <laughs> Hooray for emails! So let's. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna dive into those without any further sure. chastisement okay. no, from fine. Frank. That's cool. Uh, Cullen wrote to us. Uh, and, uh, he, he had some stuff to say about, about things we should see in Texas. Uh, awesome. But he also said this, he said he was born and raised in a small town in Oklahoma. Oh, uh, did he say the town? He did. Prior Creek. Oh, okay. A little east of Tulsa. Wow. Okay. Uh, so he says that there's at least one more of us oaky atheists out there. Yeah. He said, I, I think your recent guest summed it up very well when he said it's about being known. I've mm. always uh, been, he's referring to uh, Paige, our mm-hmm. interview with Paige mm-hmm. Palmer. Yeah. Uh, I've always been an atheist, but I've never had a person to confide in until recently. Hmm. I transferred to the University of Texas in Arlington and changed majors to geology about a year ago. Hmm. I've been surprised at the nonchalant manner my new science major friends have with their atheism, even using the word in public, which is strange and kind of exhilarating. Like when you do something taboo, which oh, which is a strange and kind of exhilarating uh, experience for me. Hmm. I finally feel I have found people that I can talk to and be known to. Awesome. Uh, I'm surprised at the feeling of unburdening relief that I now that I have now. I never realized the weight that came with carrying around a secret, uh, carrying around a secret, and hiding myself from the world. Until I was able to be open with people. Wow. Keep up the good work. Awesome. He says. I, he also says, I love that you guys are not ang- angry atheists, by the way. It is, re- it is the responsibility of reasonable people to consider all points of view. And I, think that I th- and I think that is what gets left out of the conversation. We are not atheists because we hate religion, but because we have found it to be unreasonable, illogical, and of no use to us, in my humble opinion. But I digress. Anyway, uh, he... I think that's great. Yeah, that's that's wonderful to hear that. Yeah, and and I think it's important for, to hear that for for those of you out there who uh, who live in a in a shroud of mm-hmm. of uh, of silence, I I feel you. It's yeah. it is it's a it's a heavy burden to bear, and it's good to hear that it's that you don't even know how heavy it is mm-hmm. until you finally are able to to lift it. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Cullen. Yeah, for thank that. you very much. Um, we had Karen write to us. 
Um, she says, hi, Frank and Dan. A while back, you answered an email of mine about my upcoming semester in Morocco and how I might deal with my atheism while in a very religious country. Do you remember this? I do remember it this, was yeah. a, It was a while back. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, yeah. Karen. Apparently, you're back. Yeah, apparently, you survived. And survived. <laughs> she says, I just finished my semester and everything went really well. Your advice about not talking about it was pretty good, and I managed to avoid almost all awkwardness. Hmm. If someone was really persistent, I would just tell them that I was a non-practicing Christian. Ooh, in Morocco, I there like are, that. In Morocco, there are a lot of non-practicing Muslims, which basically means atheists, so it all worked Okay. There. So she, she figured out the local code. Yeah. Adapted it to fit her. Indeed. I like it. Indeed. Cool. Uh, normally, I, which seems like our our advice to her may have been not in keeping with our advice that that Cullen took, but there are, but as Paige pointed out, there are situations where you got to keep it to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're traveling, mm-hmm. you know, your personal safety, as we may learn on in in our in the weeks upcoming, yeah. there will be. I'm not th- wearing my "Thank God I'm Atheist" T-shirt. Everywhere. Everywhere. No. There will be times when we will be circumspect. (laughs) When we will be when we will when we will be thoughtful in our in in, in when we choose to say what we are. Anyway, um she says uh Karen also says my comment this time is in response to your discussion on of homeschooling in Mm. episode seventy six. Okay. I was actually homeschooled until I was in seventh grade, but not for religious reasons. In fact, both of my parents are atheists and have science degrees, and I was raised completely without religion, at least from my parents. My grandparents are another story. Uh, Their reasoning was that they didn't want me to hate learning because of the public school system. Growing up, I never... Seems reasonable, actually. Growing up, I never thought of my type of education as generally being practiced by the very religious who are trying to keep their children away from science education. In fact, uh, it is only something that I have recently begun to to realize. I don't think my parents helped... Oh, rather, I think my parents helped me become more skeptical and scientifically minded by letting me guide my own education and questioning everything around me. I don't see homeschooling as as necessary... uh, as necessary, oh, sorry, as necessarily better for atheist kids, but I do appreciate the perspective I have gained from it. Huh. Well, that's 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 is, cool. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I, mean, I just I think when we were talking about it, we were just making the assumption and running with the assumption that homeschoolers are are, are Christians who, who are they're that they're sort of terrified about there, there's something about the public schools that terrifies them that there's this indoctrination well they won't even allow that prayer at sixth grade graduation for yeah, christ's I sake mean, clearly clearly this is a problem i have to pull my kids out of school yeah what are they i, I was just thinking it was kind of the glenn becky sort of thing and, and, so and it's and interesting I, to I, hear from somebody who's yeah. who's who was not put who was kept out of the public schools and probably got a better education got a better education because of it um, um I, I mean yeah. i i I believe that I took the stance that it, that homeschooling is can be fine uh, on that on that episode. Oh, I know I didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I pre- we appreciate your perspective, yeah, Karen. That's, great. that's that's kind of awesome. I hadn't thought about it that way. So yeah, good to hear. Yeah, pull your kids out of school. Yeah, quick, everybody, pull your kids. <laughs> uh, don't do that. I mean, if you can, great. I yeah, I, I doubt most people have time. So Nancy says uh, she's she's writing in reference to uh, we we announced Colorado had civil unions and we were kind of disappointed that that they didn't go full gay marriage but they they're doing civil unions now right she just wanted to to give us a little heads up on the reasoning 
She says Colorado only has civil unions because, in 2006, a bunch of the bigots of the, in the state got a constitutional amend, amendment passed forbidding gay marriage. Uh, I expect that another amendment will eventually be passed that, get, that gets rid of it, uh, unless a SCOTUS ruling mm. makes it irrelevant first. But mm. until then, civil, civil unions is the best we can do. So it's a little workaround. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can respect that. Absolutely. Um, oh, I, I do want to do a, a shout out, a huge thanks to, to Leanne, who is, uh, who is now a monthly subscriber. That is amazing. And we, th- and Frank would be thanking you too, if he didn't have to cough. Oh, thanks Leanne. <laughs> um, Samuel wrote to us. He has a great idea. He says he was thinking about our upcoming road trip and was wondering what favorite atheistic tunes we'd be listening to. Oh, good question. He has two suggestions. He suggested Burkowski by Modern Mouse and Blue Spotted Tail by Fleet Foxes. Fantastic. Uh, You got excited by this one. Well, first of all, I like both those bands. Right. So, yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think what I would love, I didn't, like, come up with songs that I, I... I'm going to put on my yeah, list, I, but what I, I, I would particularly like to do, listen for atheist themes in music. Yeah, I, I, although I had identified the Modest Mouse one, ah. um, but nonetheless, um, I think this is a great question just to send out to our listeners. Tell us what music, what atheist themed music, or music that you feel has an atheist get theme us going to on it, this playlist, a people. godless theme. Send us your suggestions. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll 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 be we'll yeah. have plenty of time yeah. to listen to music. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Send us an email. Send us an email. Let us know. Or or do it on the Facebook page. Or, or do it on or Facebook. The sure. blog or whatever. Right. Um Eric, uh you'll you'll recall uh that Eric has written to us uh from Sweden before. Mm. Eric from Sweden. Uh he says, Sweden here again. I've listened to your back catalog and there's still an aspect of the Mormon mission that I'm really curious about. You might have oh. mentioned it, and in that case, shame on me. Well, shame on you anyway. <laughs> and here's why. Shame on you oh. uh, for eating every food you have out of tubes. Because <laughs> when I was in Sweden, every food was in a tube. They had everything. Yeah. Whipped caviar in a tube. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's what having one of the highest standards of living in the world will get you. Tube food. Tube food. <laughs> <laughs> It's delicious. It's fun. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, fish in a tube. You don't know. Any, oh, no. Everything's in a tube. Oh. Um, no, when it, he says, when I was in high school, there were two young American Mormons strolling around town. Mm. At that time, me and my friends were into death metal and looked the part. Oh, wow. That's the other thing Sweden has. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Oh, wow. It's kind of fun. Huh. So I'm sure they never bothered with trying to convert us or whatever they were doing. Uh, Converting. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you, you, you hit that one on the head. Uh, we talked to them and said hi whenever we came across them. I remember they had suits and big and name badges with the prefixed. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt a Swedish word now. Uh oh, elsta, oh, which means elder, oh. uh, on them. I'd be uh, I'll be honest. We thought they were kind of weird and goofy. They were. They were more backwards than our parents than our parents at such a young age. However, Probably. they did not really. They, they, however, they seemed really uncomfortable, and I sensed a kind of awkwardness in them. I don't know what I expected, but they didn't strike me as devout at all. Hmm. So my question is: Is the missioning mission at all embarrassing? <laughs> How do young Mormons look at going abroad? Do you get to choose where you go? In that case, why one of the world's most secular countries? Yeah. What well, do you think? Okay, got it. I got answers. You're the, you're the missionary between I'm the, the missionary, two of us. Yes. Okay. 
So, no, you do not get to choose where you're going. Correct. You, they pick a spot and you have to go. Isn't there a place when you put in your papers? Do they they, they let you like write where you preference or put something? A preference I think or something you can. Like exp- that? I don't think. But nine, you can list like foreign languages you've studied and that kind of stuff. But I don't think they actually. And nine times out of ten, they, preference. You, you get something entirely different. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, when when my letter arrived and I opened it and it said, you know. I was going to Rome. Yeah. Uh, that was a complete shock and surprise, and I was kind of blown away. Yeah. So, yeah, total surprise. Um, how do Mormons, like, and, like, how do they feel, like, <laughs> leading up to it? They're very excited, yeah. right? The, this is a big time. It's a it's so, kind of a rite of passage yeah. into adulthood. Um, it's like the boring it's version of Rumspringa. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah, <laughs> exact opposite of. Um, but it has a high success rate for retaining... Mm-hmm. Um, people who, I mean, there are definitely plenty of returned missionaries who stray away from the church. It right. definitely does happen, but it also returns people back into the fold who are now fervent in their beliefs. They are on board 100%. Yeah. You kind of go either way. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. you, it, it's the time when you get to make up your mind about the church. You, yeah. You stop considering, you stop asking questions yeah, after you've done your mission. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have it figured out. By the mission. <laughs> So, anyways, um, how about embarrassment? Embarrassment, yeah. Did you find oh, it embarrassing? God, I hated it. I hated it at first. <laughs> it was just awful. Going door to door, stupid, stupid suit thing with backpack. You and don't just speak the language as well. Language, you, you, yeah. You just, yeah. yeah. How can you not find that embarrassing? It was awful. <laughs> I really, initially, really, really hated it. Um, I th- got over it. With regard to certain aspects, certain activities, mm-hmm. I can knock doors all day. I still could probably. And you're fine. I'm fine. It's, I why, it's why Mormons make really good door-to-door salespeople. Yeah. They, I, and they are recruited yeah. for that. I seriously should have gone and done that because some of those guys make a ton of money. It's true. Um, the, 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 like the... Um, it's, What's it's, the thing it's all, it's, it's all it's, pest um, removal pest, and, and, pest control. and uh, home security systems. Yep. Yep. If your door has been knocked by someone selling you pest removal or or home security, I guarantee you they've been to Provo, Utah. <laughs> Just ask them. Yeah. Have you ever been to Provo? Are you a BYU student? <laughs> Almost guaranteed. A yeah. lot of a lot of guys pay for their education doing, doing that. that during the summer and yep. coming back. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I can knock doors all day long. Doesn't bug me at all. I cannot stand on a street corner though with a little little A frame little display thing uh-huh. that says ask me about the plan of salvation <laughs> and you're like oh this is the worst i've sat on a st- i've awful. stood on a street corner with a whole bunch of mormons and with a sign that said ask me how much fun i've had since i realized god is fake yeah i know you did <laughs> all of you know i did yeah I hope. also if you weren't embarrassed you should have been i should have been, been. <laughs> any normal person would have been dan for that did you see my outfit who could be embarrassed in a in a jumpsuit like that all right well thanks eric um tom wrote to us and this one this one got buried i lost this one and and now i'm bringing it back okay He, he he wrote to us on the facebook page and said the company i work for is very adamant about getting an associate degree it is a Christian company that pushes its belief on us employees, mm-hmm. and as an atheist, I have issues with it. But a fam- but I have a family to support. Uh, in order to raise, in order to get a raise, I have to get an associate's degree. And I was wondering, as an atheist, 
would it be wrong to get a degree in theology? Oh. I would only be doing it for the raise and to, quote, know my enemy, religious people, yeah. better, better than they know themselves. Hmm. I'm not sure who to talk to about this, and you guys always give good advice to the atheist community. I think it sounds like a great idea. Sure. I'd love to go get a degree in, in theology. Absolutely. I think, I mean, if you're interested in yeah. it, if you're not going to be bored to tears the whole yeah. time, then I, yeah, sure. And if you're not going to be thoroughly annoyed by the people in the oh classes. Oh my God, yeah. That would be my main concern, is it would have to be like, I'd have to know what the program was really like. I'd right. have to really research it, maybe sit in on some classes beforehand and uh and and see if i really liked it yeah but well, i think I mean, it'd be fascinating to, to like actually spend a couple years yeah. just just delving into into theology into theology i think it'd be f really interesting I, it could be i this poor guy <laughs> <laughs> i just keep thinking he's got to work for a bunch of christians in a christiany environment and uh yeah that would be rough well, I feel I mean, for you. If if that's your only option, I would say go for it, get the raise, and move on. Sure. Um, if you have the option of something else to get an associate's in, it might be beneficial to your career just do long it. term. Yeah, sure. To get exactly. it in something else. Yeah. Because Unless are you really going to go use that theology degree? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, uh, you could go. I'd say if you if you really want to pursue theology as mm -hmm. a, as a point of interest, don't just get the associates. Just keep going. Until and keep going until you can get into academia and then be a theology professor, right? As a theory sort of thing, right? That's better. But I mean, you know, obviously you need whatever job you need. Yeah. If it interests you, great, go for it. Yeah. If it doesn't interest you, then you know, see what you know, see what other associates they offer. Yeah. Personally, it might be smarter to get something in like marketing or yeah, communication. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Let them. I, I assume that they're going to help you pay for this associate's degree. Yeah. Let them pay for the degree that will get you out of their company. Yeah. No kidding. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good advice. Get, get a degree that's going to get you away from the Jesus freaks. Oh. Poo. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, we have a voicemail. We do have a voicemail. Um, and this is coming from Jason in Panama. Yeah. It, Hi, Jason. It it, it kind of breaks up in the middle. I'm going to try to. See what I can do with editing but, or whatever. Um, but yeah, let, let's just listen and apologies about the connection. It was a little rough. Good morning, Frank and Dan. This is Jason. Thank you for the shout out. A few episodes ago, I just got the episode downloaded when I hiked out of my site in Panama. Anyway, um, I'm calling because you guys are talking about dreams and how people can tend to see the dreams as like a vision of the future. And I wanted to let you know that in the Nob community, where I live, um, the idea that dreams are the opposite, which is pretty interesting. So, like, if you dream something terrible happens, that's good news. And if you dream something nice happens, then that means something really bad is going to happen. So, all of the dreams that people have talked about on your podcast, if a novel heard about them, they would come up with the exact opposite conclusion. Anyway, have a good day. Is, is he talking about the, the blue people from, from that James Cameron movie? <laughs> That's where he is? Yeah. He's he, on he's, he's in Pandora? He's on Pandora. Oh my goodness. He's mining unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> Have you obtained it yet? <clears throat> you can't. Have you found the unobtainium? You can't. It's mm. unobtainable. <laughs> anyway, thanks for calling Jason. Yeah. Uh yes, I I think that that's 
Anytime you you start to associate dreams with actual reality rather than with your own sort of psychic, and not not psychic in the sense of like psychic in the sense of your psyche, not in right. the sense of predicting right. things. Sure, but yeah, if you're if anytime you associate with dreams, dreams with actual reality versus just your psycho emotional reality, you might be making a mistake. Yeah, you you might be giving it a little more credence than it perhaps your, than your dream. Yes. Might. However, I do like that they take this like they they've added superstition onto superstition. Yeah. Right. They, they've like they've flipped it on its <laughs> ear. It's like it's like you have it's it's the whole knock on wood thing, yeah. right? You you say it, you're tempting fate. The opposite's going to happen. I right? do. I do like the idea so, that like yeah, you wake up from a nightmare and you're like, oh, 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 oh that's awesome. Yeah. That was terrible. This is going to be a great day. <laughs> but the opposite is also like that's majorly yeah. screwed up. You're like you wake up from a dream where you've been like soaring through the clouds and you're like happy and you're like, oh, shit, that's a bad deal. We're in trouble. I wonder if instead they would interpret a flying through clouds dream as they would want it to be terrifying. Right, right. I was up there. I was flying through the clouds. It was <laughs> they're, awful. They're trying to turn all of their happy <laughs> dreams into sad ones. I was running through a field, and there were these horrible flowers everywhere. They're just, they're, they're, their wonderful smell was awful. I felt this amazing, horrible feeling of joy. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Everybody's got their own deal. Yeah. Might as well. Okie dokie. Oh, so now should I should I do the other thing? Yeah, that I tried to do and then do the other thing. <laughs> now you can, Dan. Yay! Okay, so speaking of, you know, we've had actually science and education has come up a number of times. Come up a lot in this show. In this yep. show, so I'm glad that that, that we're going to be talking. It was obviously on our mind. To uh, yeah, to Doctor Kraus. Uh, this is Lawrence Kraus. Well, Doctor Kraus, thanks for coming on the show. It's great to be here virtually. <laughs> virtually, yes, indeed. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I, a lot of our listeners may know you, but some may not, uh, you are the, uh, you are a theoretical physicist and, uh, and professor at Arizona State University. Is that right? Yes. And director of the origins project here. That's right. Studies every, everything from the origins of the university, the origins of consciousness. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Is I, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so so, what are you working on with the orig with origins right now? Is there something? Well, we just finished some big origins public events, uh, um, a, a preview of uh, a test screening of a new movie that Richard and I, Dawkins and I just did, and then we had a, a another public event uh, on the storytelling of science, where some of the uh, group of the the most well known and accomplished scientists. Uh, popularizers in the world uh, were on stage all together, me and Richard Dawkins and Brian Greene and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye and Ira Flato wow. and had a great night. And so each of them, I'm very pleased that we can fill up uh, 3,000 people uh, uh, for each of our events. Yeah. People. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Sounds science. great. It's a great thing. Yeah, I, I wish I had been there. <laughs> it sounds yeah. great. Yeah, so, you missed it. Well, you can see you can see at least the storytelling of science online by going to the Origins website. We, oh, cool! We archive oh. a number of our a number of events are taped and filmed actually by the same group group that um, that that filmed that made the movie. And the mo the movie is the Unbelievers. The movie is the Unbelievers. Yes, it had its world premiere in Toronto at the Hot Docs International Documentary Film Festival last week. 
cool. Yeah, yeah Richard, that's Richard, Richard and I were just there. Yeah, my mom lives in Canada, so she was she made me aware of it. <laughs> that's yeah, how... there, we, we did a lot of national media in the country, uh, um, all around the country. Obviously, only people in Toronto could come see it unless they right. flew in. But but yeah. Nice. It, it, do we know when when we can expect to be able to see it, or is that is it has it been? I wish I could tell you. Uh, we're <laughs> you know after that, um, we're 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 looking at distribution issues right after we wanted to wait till hmm. after the festival, and we're trying sure. to find out. We'd like it to be in theaters near everyone soon. Awesome. And then, yeah. Well, what and can then you... online and on demand and Amazon and all those. Well, what can you tell us about the film at this point? Because uh, again, it's it's with it just premiering. Like I'm sure our listeners yeah. haven't. Probably don't know much about it. Well, you can see it. Your listeners can see a trailer of it online on YouTube. Going to the Unbelievers movie, right. okay. and they can see a um, a trailer. It's a great film. It's a kind of rock and roll tour film that follows Richard and I, except about science. It follows Richard and I around the around the world as we've gone to speak on issues of science and reason, and then and and also behind the scenes and discussions between me and him, and on television shows, and basically follows us. It's got a narrative flow as it follows us. As we attempt to defeat the forces of evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, so you and Professor Dawkins have had a uh, uh, you, you had a bit of a rocky meeting, didn't you? Well, you mean our very first time? Not rocky, really. We just uh, uh, um, I asked him a question about his approach, and I guess and 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 uh, and, uh, and so we disagreed about it, but right. but I don't think it was rocky. And okay. then we had a discussion about it, and and um, and ended up writing a piece together for Scientific American on our different views. That's mm. great. So, as I understand it, part of the part of the disagreement was just on the approach uh, to take when it comes to uh, to to either talking to or debating with believers. Is that is that sort of an, an okay characterization of it? Um, I'm sorry, I missed that. I, I, I want to repeat that. Oh, sure. Uh, what I asked was, uh, it sounded like the uh, the disagreement that that you two had up front, and and what's sort of been fueling conversation ever since is the idea of how we as atheists should approach believers and and what you know what what should the goal of the atheist movement be in terms of believers is that is that true or well i, I think uh, yeah i mean well the uh, the point of the film is really to just argue that we that that um religion gets in the way but primarily to argue that we want people to appreciate the wonder of the real universe and not let their their beliefs of any sort get in the way of accepting the universe for what it is. So accepting the universe for what it is and appreciating the wonder of the universe are really the basis of, of, of almost all of our discussions. Now, it turns out that, that for many reasons, and, and clear examples of which are in the film, the religion does get in the way. And so it has me and him, uh, in certain cases, debating various groups and also at the Global Atheist Convention in, in, in Melbourne. Hmm. And there's one scene where, on a given night, I'm debating a, a, an Islamic uh, debate group in, in, in Canberra, and he's in Sydney debating the Archbishop <laughs> of Sydney. <laughs> and and uh, and and so yeah, there's there's some, but and and there's also the rally for reason in Washington. And so it's not a sort of atheist film per se. It's not, it, it's and the film I think doesn't present a viewpoint. It follows us. But I think the ho- point behind us is that is that religion gets tends to get in the way and make people cause people often to make irrational decisions. If it doesn't get in the way and it doesn't affect their decision making, then it, it you know, then it's not as as relevant. Although Richard, I think in certain cases, there's a nice discussion between him and me in, in Phoenix actually about whether even that's relevant. But the main point is to appreciate the wonder of the universe and sure. and, um, and 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 use reason as the basis of 
of decision making, especially in public policy. Right. Well, that I I think that that's a a, a, a big it's a big issue of our time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think it's essential. I, I, the movie ends with a with actually a, a speech by me at the rally re- reason for, for rally the rally for reason <laughs> in Washington, and I didn't have it. It's nice that it ends with me, but it wasn't something I chose. But but uh, which is really the statement of how important it is that these issues are especially important in the current times because all the global challenges facing us from you know, energy to the environment to global warming and the need to end the subjugation of women. And and that what we really need to do is preserve reason because more important than any time in human history, these important policy decisions depend upon science and right. and, and reason. Um, yeah. And I, I'm wondering if, if we could just back up and kind of talk about debate as, mm-hmm. uh, you know, debate with believers and and kind of what your goals might be when you when you try to when you do enter one of those debates. Well, and we, we were asked a lot about this in Toronto, associated with the movie, and, mm-hmm. and I think that we both recognize that in certain cases, the people we don't expect to influence the people we're debating, mm-hmm. who are often rigid and, and dogmatic. The idea, however, is that there'll be people watching who are not so religious and dogmatic, or at least who are not so fundamentalists, and who are more open to who may never have thought of these questions. Hmm. And um, and so I think what we're trying to do is to is influence them at at some level, is get peop- those sort of people who are who are new to this issue to to think about these things. And really, what we want to do in the movie, in fact, is to encourage discussion. That's the main thing we said. We want the movie to encourage people, especially people who don't know who Richard and I are, the con- the vast middle, if you wish, <laughs> people who may think of themselves as believers. And most people who think of themselves as believers really don't believe. Right. Most people who define themselves as religious aren't really religious. But they don't want to be thought of as bad people. Sure. And so, uh, and so, trying to get them to think about these questions, and that's one of the reasons why in the movie there's also the movie uh, there there's not it not only follows me and Richard, but there are many um, cultural icons and celebrities who are who are in the beginning and end of the movie. Who who so it begins with Woody Allen, and then there's Bill Pullman and Cameron Diaz and Ricky Gervais and Sarah Silverman who are in the movie. Mm. Um, and and we want to get people who may not have heard of us but who have certainly heard of them and may be surprised to discover that they're interested in science and, or, uh, and so that we can get reach the, and that's the point of the debates, I think. If, if there's any utility to the debate, it's really to have a chance to get people who might not otherwise to think about this. So I, I know I did a debate in, you know, many debates I do that I wish I hadn't done, <laughs> but, um, or they're not pleasant at the time, including one uh-huh. in London recently with an Islamic group. But, mm-hmm. but uh, I did one for the Campus Crusade for Christ in in North Carolina for 1,200 people with a an awful Christian apologist, and and uh, it was not a pleasant experience. But the hope was that some of the people in the room would at least um, understand that they shouldn't, if their beliefs at least don't conform to the evidence of reality, they have to reexamine their beliefs. Hmm. Right. Although it does seem like. Oftentimes, if a believer's beliefs don't conform to reality, they just change reality. Well, that's <laughs> the problem. That, that's the that's the thing we're trying to convince people that they shouldn't do. Right. Absolutely, that's the problem. You don't you don't have that flexibility. You do, but then you make irrational decisions, and so yep. ultimately, um, you you have no choice but to accept the evidence of reality if you want to if you want to um, make wise decisions. Indeed. You know, one of the things that I've been curious about, uh, you, you know, you've been ac- in academia for a, for a while now. I talk, talk to us a little bit about what it's like to teach believers. 
Do you get believers in your classrooms? And when you do, what is what well, are? I don't are there... think about. Yeah, I don't ask. I don't. It's not something I discuss necessarily. I think I I get people of all all sorts in my classroom from you know extremely conservative people to to not so conservative people, and I try and provoke all of them. Sure. Part hmm. of my purpose in teaching is to provoke people to think. So hopefully, I offend everyone at some point. <laughs> um, but I don't. Um, we don't. I don't have. The, that's the other thing you see. That people get the sense that somehow God is an important part of this whole business, and it's not. Right. Uh, God never comes up in, sci- in at scientific meetings, or hmm. um, it, it completely irrelevant. As my friend Steve Weinberg says, most scientists don't think enough about God to know that even whether they're atheists. Right. Because it's just it's not. Some people think it's a big burning question, and it's not because God is a completely irrelevant to to um, to the workings of science. Right. And. Uh, yeah, and so it, it 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 and it obviously never comes up in my classes. I well, you know, I can discuss these things in my classes, and some and we have these discussions every now and then where something may appear to um, where some belief may appear to uh, uh, contradict uh, something I'm talking about, or the other way around. And we have frank discussions, but we have frank discussions about lots of stuff. Sure. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the. Uh, I mean, I've had I'm sure I've had people who are devoutly religious i think it's on my classes and i hope that they feel challenged just like uh, everyone everyone feels challenged right yeah there <clears throat> it it does occur to me that that that, that could come up but you know not necessarily i what i like about what you just said is the notion that science isn't necessarily it's it's all it is is observation of what we uh, of our universe so you're right that God doesn't even have to come into that. There's not. Not only God doesn't have to, He doesn't, or he, <laughs> She, or whatever. I mean, it's right. It, 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 God would come into it if we, there was evidence for God. Right. But since there's no evidence for God, God doesn't enter into it. It's that, it's that simple. And the presumption of science is that physical effects have physical causes, and it works. And so then we just continue to do it. It does work. That is what that is a sticking point on science, isn't it? <laughs> it just... yeah, yeah, I mean it works. That's the point. It, you can fly fly planes and and build cars and and cure people and and it, and that's the main the main thing. If science didn't work, it wouldn't even be worth talking about. Right. Like religion, I guess. I guess the I guess the problem becomes when uh and and you see this all the time in political spheres when people put science and religion somehow on the same plane and give them give them parity in terms of what's uh what should be weighed and what shouldn't be weighed yeah well exactly and and i don't even and some people argue the other fallacy is that some people argue that oh well morality is the purview of religion and the physical universe is the purview of science and i don't think that's true either i don't think religion is a very good place for morality either Hmm. but um but it is a big problem when somehow people think that they're told in churches, for example, I've gone to fundamentalist colleges, and, I, and the biggest impact I've had on that, and or even on Fox News, uh, is when I said uh, when, on Fox News a few moments when I'm not being yelled at, um, <laughs> when I said uh, you don't have to be an atheist to believe in evolution, because you certainly don't have to be. Right. And and I, I've had kids come up to me and say, and people write to me after those programs saying that's amazing. I have, uh, I have. They've been told, you know, I've been told every week in, in in church that you have to be an atheist to believe in evolution, and therefore evolution is wrong. Right. Because you have to believe in God. And that's that's the problem. That's how people feel that if facts are a threat, threat to their faith, then they shouldn't learn the facts. But as I try and point out, that's what the Taliban do. And 
yeah. and it's not so impressive. Mm -hmm. It does seem like there's a, a dichotomy that emerges between science and religion. Is there? A, have you? What do you think is the best way f for people just in their daily lives, for our listeners, for instance, to try and to try and change that dynamic, so that it's not so that it's not science versus religion? Because once once that once you're right, once that becomes the issue, religious people just turn off science; they just ignore it. Yeah, well, I, I think the point is that it should be that it, that ultimately it should be reality versus myth. I mean, so, uh, and and that that's the that's the real point. It's not science versus religion; it's reality versus myth. And which are you willing to accept? So, I think that well, you have to say. I mean, and I've, when I've gone to religious places, uh, I point out that you know, I'll, I'll quote Moses Maimonides or Saint Augustine. Who said you know the Bible is a scientific document and and as most Mammonides well, said you know, the if as he put it the scriptures are absolutely true but if your interpretation of the scriptures disagrees with the ev evidence of science you should reexamine your interpretation of the scriptures right so I mean the point is there are quote unquote thoughtful religious people there are there are religious scientists I I don't happen to see how those people can find it consistent mm. but because at some level. While science isn't inconsistent with the vague notion that there's a God or, or some purpose of the universe, although there's no evidence of such, it is inconsistent with most of the specific doctrines of the world's religions. But as I say, most people who adhere to those religions don't buy those doctrines anyway. Right. Um, but there are people who are, you know, religious and scientists. Um, and I think the point is, what you have to do, what, what you have no choice but to do, is to say, okay, if I'm a person of faith, I have to somehow somehow find a way to have my faith be consistent with reality. And right. that science isn't a threat. If, it's, if, science, if science is a threat to my faith, there's something wrong. Right, exactly. But, but it's that science is not atheistic or liberal or conservative or any right. of those things. It is just a description of reality that, not only that, but an understanding of reality that allows us to make predictions, that allows us to impact on our future in positive ways. I guess one of the other problems is that pseudoscience becomes uh, accepted as science so much in modern American society as well. Science that isn't really science becomes... Uh, Frank and I are going to be going on a Bible Belt road trip coming up, and we're <laughs> going to be visiting some museums that are not going to be about science, unfortunately. But purporting to be. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, like the... Like the admit, you know, I, I debated Ken Ham at the Unfortunate Creationist Museum hmm. and was there when it opened, and led the protest about it because it isn't a museum right it's uh yeah but um i think that pseudoscience that, that a large part of this problem is in fact and the reason i emphasize more science education than attacking religion is that these myths are pervasive because people are scientifically illiterate right and that's the same reason that pseudoscience can have such a big impact and so if we just had people better educated well, first of all, I do think in the long run religion will suffer, but but I don't care about that so much. If we if we had be better, people were better educated, they wouldn't fall prey to myth and superstition easily. Right. And 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 lies. So, you know, it's just like you you if you had if you had people saying on the radio, you know, the Holocaust never happened. People have enough knowledge of history to know that 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 enough for World War II to know what happened. Right. And you can't get away with that. But you can say, oh, the Earth is 6,000 years old, and there are a lot of scientists who think that. And some people who haven't, who are just willing to believe that people aren't lying. Right. Mm. They're, they're, you know, they just don't know enough to know that that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, I, I guess that's always been uh, my point of view as well, is that educating people enough on science will 
inherently just get rid of the myths sort of naturally. Do you feel like that's yeah, the yeah. case? Well, I think I think ultimately once the wor- the point is once you realize it's not a sacrifice to accept reality, actually the real world is more interesting than the myths. <laughs> then 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 I think you feel it's easier to get rid of the myths. Once you realize the wonder of the universe is far more amazing than these iron age stories, then I think it becomes easier to give them up. And it's, you know, you don't have to feel that you lose anything, any wonder or awe. You know, we talk about, Richard and I on the tour, we're talking about spirituality. And the fact that science is very spiritual in the sense that it gives you something outside yourself and and, and it it infuses awe and wonder. And it certainly does for me. Well, on that note, I think that uh, that is about the perfect place, it's a great place, to end this conversation. <laughs> oh, Doctor Doctor Krauss, thank you so much for thank coming you very on the show. It was great. Okay, you, you take care. All, all right. right, thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Well, all right. That was great. That was good. There you go. Totally uh, dug I'm, that. I'm on board with yeah with his vision. Good things to say. Yes, indeed. Kind of, you know, of course we're going to agree with somebody who we already agreed <laughs> with. Right. We need to have more people on the show who agree with what we already think. <laughs> Absolutely. We're like, we're like religious people. In yeah. Respect. Well, if you agree with us, go to <laughs> facebook.com slash Atheist and like us. Like us. And also you can, you can email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. And you could also leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Don't forget about Flipbook. If you do use Flipbook, and you'll re- like it. And really don't forget. And this is, this is what I'm going to hit this one really hard. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that if you go to thankgodimatheist.com, go there. You'll mm-hmm. see our itinerary for our trip, and you can buy us a drink, or you can, you can help us fund this trip because, as it is, it's coming out of our pockets, and yeah. we're going broke and it would be really nice, a, a nice gesture on your part if you wanted to help pay for some part of this trip. And you've got all of those different levels to uh, to do it. Oh, and you know what? It doesn't say it, really. So I'll be clear about this. The there, the, the four different buttons uh, on on the, the website are buy us a drink, which is $12. Oh, okay. Uh, buy us a meal, which is, I believe, $25. Right. Tank of gas, 50 bucks. Right. And a night at a hotel, uh, 85 And that's for both of us. Yeah. One of those takes care of two drinks, two meals, yeah. a night for the both of us in a motel. And, All right. And we, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. All right. Um, thanks to the Red Hot or Red Rock Hot Club. Yeah. And uh, for letting us use uh, their music. And uh, thanks also to uh, our intern, Sarah, who's been really, really helping us out uh, yeah. in planning this trip and everything. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.